0: Welcome to ADHD Rewired. This is the show designed to help those of us who have really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. Whether you have ADHD and you want to learn more about it, or you are looking for ways to organize your time, your things, or the many details of life so you can get more done, This show is for you. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and consultant. We know that starting can be the hardest part, unless you're excited about something, and I'm excited to tell you about this. The Attention Deficit Disorder Association. The nation's largest organization focused on supporting adults with ADHD will be holding its annual conference in Orlando, July 24th to the 27th. Come meet me and hundreds of other adults just like you. Register at adda.adhdrewired.com. That's adda.adhdrewired.com. You're not going to believe this talent show. Okay, now let's get started. Welcome to episode number eight. Today, we are going to be talking about motivation. And I have to tell you, I'm actually really excited about today's episode because this is actually one of my favorite topics because Understanding how motivation works is truly one of the kings to the kingdom of getting stuff done, especially when you have ADHD. So, I also want to really quickly thank everyone again for all your reviews on iTunes and the emails that I've been getting. I'm going to be making an announcement a little bit later in this show about a contest that I'm going to launch. That's going to incentivize you to leave me a review on iTunes and to share the show on Facebook and your other social media channels. So, yes, I'm giving something away that I think you're going to want. And I'm going to be really honest. As I'm recording this, I actually haven't even decided what I'm giving away but by the time I get to that part, it's going to be awesome. Trust me. So, more about that later, more listener feedback later. And of course, I actually have an awesome app recommendation to share with you this week. I'm really excited about this one. Please stay tuned to hear what that's all about. But we'll get to all of that later. Let's dive right into today's show. Has anyone ever said to you that you're just not motivated? Or maybe even more likely, you've had the experience of just feeling like you aren't motivated. You know, it's amazing to me that we look at motivation as something related to your character. When, in fact, just like really every other part of who we are, motivation is neurological. You know, for many of us who grew up without that diagnosis our kind of diminished sense of motivation for anything that we were not interested in, you know, we were called a four-letter word, lazy. And, you know, we we know that it's not about being lazy. It actually has nothing to do with laziness. In fact, we know through brain scans that the ADHD brain is working much harder than people without ADHD, especially when it comes to task-related behaviors that are maybe mundane or boring or require sustained attention. When we're thinking about this, we have to really understand what both what ADHD is and what motivation really is because we're not lazy. We are trying hard and it's really frustrating when others around us they just see the outside they see the results and they don't know how much you know we may be struggling and really working on achieving the things that maybe for other people come by a lot easier but not for us with ADHD you know the fact is that we know ADHD is not a behavior disorder it's neurological and even if you don't have ADHD understanding the neurological components of motivation Are going to help you actually get more done and when you can learn workarounds for finding the motivation it's truly opening up a gate that's gonna help you succeed it's opening up pathways for opportunities you know it's understanding how your brain works and then working with it you know sometimes when you have ADHD it can feel like when you're trying to find that motivation It can kind of feel like, you know, trying to find that needle in the haystack, except you're not even looking at the haystack. You're just thinking about the haystack. So you're not getting anything done, but you're thinking about it. You know, that's a motivational issue, but not in the way that we tend to think about it. What is motivation? You know, is it that that part of us that just gets up and gets us to do stuff? Is it that drive? Well, yes, on a behavioral level, that's what we see. You know, we know it when we feel it and we also know it when we lack it. And, you know, everyone else who seems to, to notice when we lack it too and when they make those negative comments and give us those judgmental looks, you know, it's clearly from a lack of understanding and This is one of the reasons I am doing this podcast, because as an adult with ADHD, you know, I have had more than my fair share of failures, and I've also had my fair share of successes. And I know that when you understand how your brain works, when you understand what ADHD is all about, you can begin to understand to create those strategies that are going to work for you. It's not about trying harder, it's about doing things differently. I wanna help you understand a little bit about how motivation works in the brain. Say hello to my little friend, Dopamine. Well, you're kind of on again and off again, friends. He seems to come around at the honest times. He's so unpredictable. I wish he would just show up more frequently more consistently well just like sometimes you might have to entice our friends to get together so too is the same with dopamine dopamine meet frontal cortex frontal cortex meet dopamine frontal cortex is the director it's the brain's CEO and CFO In other words, it's the chief executive functioning officer of our brain. It's in charge. It directs our behaviors and our thoughts and feelings. Helps us remember what we should do and when we should do it. Our frontal cortex also helps us put on the brakes and is able to keep in mind the rewards and consequences at the right time. To activate or inhibit our actions. I think it's time you guys had a talk. All right, ADHD Rewired listeners, you guys are in for a very special treat. This is, for the very first time in studio, a play with two actors, both played by me, first role is frontal cortex. The second character is dopamine. I tell you this will be a treat because this will either help you understand the process of how the brain and motivation works, or you are going to be laughing at me and not even getting to the end of this podcast because you can't stand to listen to it anymore. So here we go.
1: Where have you been?
2: Uh, sorry, I got distracted around the temporal lobes. You know, all that fidgeting your body has been experiencing. Yeah, well, sorry about that. And sorry about not coming up to you during last week's nuclear meltdown. There was all kinds of activity going on in the amygdala. And I couldn't even get through to you. I really tried. I did. I just couldn't get through.
1: Huh. That's funny. I don't even remember that. So, what should we do today?
2: Uh, you tell me. I'm just here to help you get stuff done. You make the decisions around here, though.
1: Yes, that is true. I certainly do make the decisions around here. But it just seems like I can't get anything done when you're not around.
2: What are you talking about? You get plenty of stuff done.
1: You only see what I get done when you're around. When you're not around, that's a whole other story.
2: Wait, so when I'm not hanging around, you just sit and twiddle your thumbs, stare at the wall, and play Candy Crush? Is that what you're telling me?
1: It's not like I do that on purpose. It's just the way it works. Believe me. I wish I could get more done when you're not around. I just...
2: Can't. Can't you just use willpower?
1: You mean, no one has told you yet?
2: Told me what?
1: Dopamine. You are what powers my will. You are my willpower. Don't you know that?
2: That's a big responsibility to have. Don't you think that that could be a problem? I know I'm not that dependable.
1: Well, I have some good news. I've been learning some strategies, and I think I have a few tricks that we could use so you stay around longer and more consistently. Dopamine... I want to go look at my to-do list, check my calendar, make a five-year plan, go back to college, write a book. We could save the world, me and you. Let's do it. But first, I have a toilet to clean, more bills to pay, a phone call to return, and I know exactly where it all starts. Let's go, dopamine. Me and you. Let's get it done. This just feels so good that I think I want to have... (laughs) I think I want to have serotonin around. Let's call serotonin. Shall we?
0: Okay, so I'm pretty sure that I just lost my entire, my entire listenership. Um, <laughs> oh my, that was interesting. Um, Yeah, I, I can't even keep a straight face to keep going right now. So, okay, here we go. Maybe that helped explain a little bit about the... Well, maybe that helped explain a little bit about the relationship between motivation and dopamine, that I'm motivated to just be a dope on in front of the microphone, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So here's what we're going to get into. We know that, okay, we're, we're going to get kind of serious here. Well, not too serious. Come on. Um, how can you get too serious after what I just did? So here's the thing. Motivation is neurological. It has to do with brain chemistry. We know that the part of the <laughs> Okay. We know the parts of our brain that release dopamine throughout the different areas of the brain that involve our intentional control of our behavior and our movement also regulates how we express our emotions as well as how sensitive we are to rewards. You know, there is a, a saying that, you know, people with ADHD are experiential learners. The only problem is they don't always learn from their experiences. And all of this is because of the neural networks of our brain and how we learn and how we don't learn. So when we respond to rewards that's a neurological process, and it's related to the same areas of our brain that help us with memory and with our future memory, meaning keeping in mind what we need to do in order to achieve the things that we want to get in the future. You know, Some other things that increase dopamine in our brain, just to give you an idea, is eating when we win something, having sex. Not all at the same time, of course. Uh, Well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Um, So what I want to do is share with you some brain-wise strategies that can really help your dopamine communicate with your frontal cortex. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to say the word dopamine again without wanting to break into my little accents and talk very prestigious as a
1: conductor
0: of the orchestra would. Okay. Let's get serious now, guys. Come on. Here we go. Are you we ready? We're going to get very very serious. Oh man. All right. I told you this is going to be a fun show. The strategies that I'm going to share with you are great for all of us, both with and without ADHD. The thing is, when you have ADHD and you have and you want to be successful because you really can be successful when you have ADHD you have to use these strategies you can't go through life on autopilot because our autopilot switch doesn't work and the more we keep pushing that button for autopilot the more we crash and burn because it's not really it's not connected to anything here are a bunch of different tips and strategies i think i have 9 or 10 but If you've been listening to past episodes, you know how I typically do with lists. I start with five and then I end up with seven or eight. I think I had nine or 10. Wait, where did my list go? Um, (laughs) Off to a good start with my list. But here we go. I want to help keep the motivational ball rolling. So here are my tips. Um, So it wasn't nine or 10. There were 13 things that I have in my current list. Again, I probably won't finish with thirteen, but here we go. Number one, visualize what the reward is now don't just keep it in your mind because that's a very unreliable place so if you have if you know what it is that you are trying to work for, whether it's something tangible or an idea of something, have a way to create an actual picture and print it out or draw it. And put it in a place where you're going to see it frequently. Ideally, it's in a place that you're going to see when you are likely to need that reminder. So, for example, if you have a lot of work to do and you tend to get distracted, say, on Facebook, put a visual reminder on your computer screen of what the reward is that you're trying to work for. So truly externalize the visualization of what it is that you're trying to work towards. Number two is use a star chart. Now, We all know that star charts can be for kids, but they can also be for grownups. Using a star chart is effective, I think, for a number of reasons, because one, it's graphical. It's we can see it. It's tangible. You know, we all like to see the progress we are making in something. If we want to be intentional about something that we are trying to do, we have to externalize it. Now I used a a star chart a few years ago when I was trying to increase my flossing behavior. And so what I did is I created a a star chart and I made I three pages worth of this and I had two lines per um per week. And so what I would do, I had a goal I first started with I think three days of the week, then four, then five, and six days of the week. And each week, my goal was to floss six out of seven days of the week. There were times that I did it seven days of the week, but I wanted to feel successful. And I don't uh, believe in one hundred percent goals because I think that they set us ourselves up for failure. So this was a goal that I set for myself. It was a three month goal, and. It turned out that what I found was most reinforcing was not the incentive or the reward that I was kind of focusing on, which was I wanted to buy myself a surround sound uh, theater system. Our we were going to um, have our our son was going to be born uh, within a year, and I knew that after our son was born, I don't get to buy any toys for myself. So um, this was something that I was going to buy anyways. So I connected it to a behavior that I really wanted to to improve upon. So what I actually found the most rewarding was I put this star chart or this chart in my bathroom upstairs and I taped it to the the mirror. And the best part of it was, and I and I made all these kind of cheesy flossing jokes. Um, I'll actually look for it, and if I could find it, I'll put it online on the show notes. I'm not 100% sure I could still find it, but though. But after I wrote in the box that says that I did it, then my wife would actually make a comment underneath it. And that happened on a daily basis. And that was what I actually found most reinforcing and rewarding. So make a chart and visualize it. And part of the other thing that I think that... It, one of the other reasons that I think that, this, that works... Is It's kind of funny. You don't always think about adults using star charts. And maybe that's just my sense of humor, but it worked for me. And above everything else, do what works. Okay. All right. Number three, use small short-term rewards. And this really captures what I was just talking about. The small short-term re- term reward was the comment that my wife would make. So there was a social reward. Number four, reward progress. Don't just reward yourself when you get to the that end result. Reward the next step. That's so, so important so we don't feel defeated. Number five, surround yourself with affirming people. This is critically important. Put yourself around people who are going to encourage you, who are going to believe in you, that are going to tell you, Good job, because you know what? That's that's really important. Number six, one of the best ways to get more dopamine in the brain and increase the availability of that is exercise. So exercise is huge. I can't tell you how much more productive I am on days that I exercise. And not just any kind of exercise, but cardio exercise. And this is also great during the day if you're feeling kind of blah. You know, we all get those moments where we're feeling blah. You know, you can take a few minutes and just do some jumping jacks and get your heart racing. That is going to increase dopamine to your brain. Number seven, share what you were trying to achieve with somebody. That is also going to help with that social component to motivation. Number eight, create systems so you're actually less reliable on executive functioning. I don't have to worry about the motivation to pay my bills if I have my bills on auto pay. Okay. So those are part of the creating automatic systems um, in your life that make it your brain less uh, dependent. Let me try that again when you create systems your brain is less dependent on having to activate those tasks which we tend to find boring so outsource it number 9 do what you love and as an adult that's so much easier you know when you do what you love work doesn't feel like work when you enjoy what you were doing you're getting, you're releasing dopamine right now. You know, there's a lot of work to putting it and producing a podcast. And I love it. I'm enjoying this. This is fun. Um, so do what you love. Number 10, do what you hate first. The thing that you don't want to do, you're never going to want to do it. If you wake up and you know you have, five tasks to do when you look at a task and you say, oh, I don't want to do that. You're not going to want to do it after you achieve your other things either. Get that done first. You know, there's a story about if you start your day with eating a frog, everything else you do is going to be easier that day. So do the thing you want to do least first. Now, I will tell you, I think that there is an exception to that. If you're really stuck on getting something going, start maybe with one easy task and then the following task should be that one that you want to do least. But again, do what works for you. And if what you're doing right now is not working and you're not doing this, consider this because it may work. The worst thing that happens is it doesn't work, but then you got to try something else. Number 11, and these are in no particular order. These are in the order of what came out of my brain. Number 11 is talk to a doctor about medication. We know that stimulant medication helps the flow of dopamine get to where it needs to go in the brain. So medication can be very helpful. Number 12, find a supportive accountability group. There is nothing to me that is more powerful than having other people who have a shared experience and a shared struggle. We're all working on the same kinds of stuff that we get to check in with. And I'm going to be talking with you guys more in probably the next episode or two, because I'm going to be creating an online accountability support coaching group that I'm going to be opening it up to six people. I am going to have information about that soon if you are interested in that now, shoot me an email through my website. Go to adhdrewired.com and just tell me that you want to get involved in the online coaching group. And number 13, learn more about ADHD. You know, when I went to my first CHAD conference, if you're not aware, CHAD is a organization, it's actually the largest organization. Uh, for both children, it stands for children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And they hold an annual conference. This year's conference is in Chicago. So come meet me there, by the way. I so, um, uh, totally just lost my train of thought. So I was talking about lear- okay, learning about ADHD. So when I went to my first conference at Chad, I went to it thinking that I was an expert on ADHD. I mean... After all, I have, how old am I? I'm, I'm 33 years old. And so I have like 33 years of experience with ADHD. And I've and I read a book or two at that point. And so I thought I was an expert on ADHD. I went there and I realized how much I didn't know. And that year, I, I did something that was very un ADHD like. I bought, I don't know, 10, 15, I bought a huge stack of books. At that conference. And what I did, which was very un ADHD like, I read all of them. And after that year of really just intensely diving in to understanding the ins and outs of ADHD from both a behavioral and a neurological level, I at that point felt comfortable calling myself an expert in ADHD. Now it's kind of weird to refer to yourself as an expert. Um, I think maybe referring to yourself as a specialist is one thing. It seems like feels better when someone else calls you an expert. Um, but you know what i I spend so much of my time learning this stuff. And my point that I'm trying to make, I think I'm trying to make a point. The point that I'm trying to make here is that that year, I stepped up my game so much with ADHD because I understood it more I understood the the intricacies of it and that's why when you're looking at treatments of ADHD you're looking at education about ADHD and you know it goes to back to that saying if you want to tame it you have to name it and so taming the challenges that I had really involved taking a very deep dive into what was going on and working on it. So those are my 13 tips that you can use to help increase your motivation. So in a review, really quickly, visualize what the reward is. Number two, use a star chart. Number three, Use small short term rewards. Number four, reward progress. Number five, surround yourself with affirming people. Number six, exercise. Number seven, share it with somebody. Number eight, create systems so you are less reliant on executive functioning. Number nine, do what you love. Number ten, do what you hate first. Number 11, talk to your doctor about medication. Number 12, find an accountability support group and a coaching group. Number 13, learn more about ADHD. Now it's time to hear from you. I'm going to read a few of your reviews and I'm going to check my email inbox. So the first review that I'm going to read is from iTunes, is by M.M. Another CO, maybe M.M. Another Company. I'm not really sure what the M.M. stands for. Um, I could spend time trying to make something up, but I'm not going to. But what this person says, the title of their review is, An Engaged... I'm going to start that over. An engaging expert with great advice based on personal experience. This is an honest and authentic look at ADHD from someone who really understands what's, what it's like to have... <laughs> for some reason, I can't read reviews. From someone who really understands what it's like to live with it. Eric provides real life tips that can help people or wow that can help people in parentheses with or without and parentheses <laughs> okay um maybe I should summarize this one cuz i can i can't get through a sentence without stumbling on it All right. I'm going to start that over. This is an honest and authentic look at ADHD from someone who really understands what it's like to live with it. Eric provides real life tips that can help people with or without ADHD organize their lives and their minds in an increasingly distracting world. Oh, that was painful. But thank you for the review. The review was awesome. Me reading it was painful. Um... All right, let's see. Here is one from Mark 33876. He titles it Very Useful Information, and he says... This podcast was so informative. I have trouble managing my time, so Eric's tips are so helpful to me. I love all the specific examples that he gives. I will definitely use the strategies he talks about. Not only is he knowledgeable, he is a pleasure to listen to. Keep these podcasts coming. I will do. And let's see if there's any others that I want to read. And let's see, the next review is from, oh, this is by Alan Brown, who, his uh, name on iTunes is ADD Crusher, and you may be familiar with him. He is pretty hot in the ADHD world, and I I did co-host, or not co-host, he was a co-host for a webinar that I gave through Ada a few months ago. Was it a month ago? I don't know. Anyways, he's awesome. Uh, Check out his stuff. Uh, Just do a Google search for ADD Crusher and you'll find his stuff. It's really, really awesome. Um, But what he says is critical ADHD info delivered smartly. said, Eric is an articulate advocate and coach. Just how we need it delivered. Very ADD friendly. Awesome. All right. That is awesome all I'm going to do as far as my reviews. Now let me check the email inbox. All right. Now I'm going to move on to reading a couple of emails. The first email I got was from Joseph and he asks, can you go over medication? Most effective ways to take or use meds like Adderall and natural medicines or remedies that help. And just cuz I wasn't sure, um he I I responded to him uh asking him just to clarify if he was talking about the podcast. Um and then he responds, "Yes, the podcast." And then he responds again before I do, saying, "I'd be happy to share more info or details of my story if you would like." And then I said to him, Joseph, yes, absolutely. I'd love to hear your story. And guess what? I haven't heard back. So Joseph, give me a reply back so we can hear what your question is and hear about your story. Okay. The next email I got was from someone who calls themselves Mish46. She is from, I think, Minnesota. MN, is that Minnesota? I'm pretty sure. Um, That would be kind of embarrassing if it's not. So be it. Um, She says, I have been a nurse for 24 years. I was diagnosed with ADHD two, maybe three years ago. I was put on Adderall. Nursing has gone from paper charts to electronic charts. Since that has happened, I have been through two jobs in the last three years. I cannot chart on the computer and take care of my patients. I have been fired twice for documentation reasons. Nothing about my performance, just documentation. I can't seem to organize my thoughts in computer charting. It seems like I should switch to a job that does not require me to, to work on a computer. Does this make sense to you? Do you think there is any hope for me? Thank you. Well, Misha, of course that there is hope for you, and yes, this makes sense for you. And I am, I'm sorry that you've been fired uh, twice; that you've lost two jobs in the last three years. Um, as I mentioned on my uh, in my first podcast, my first episode, that I was fired from an internship, um, and I have been fired from other jobs when I was younger as well. Um, I know how hard that can be. Now, you've been a nurse for 24 years, and I have no doubt that you are a fantastic nurse. And part of why you probably are a fantastic nurse is you are so focused on your patient. Now you are being asked to chart on the computer while you are seeing your patient. And I think, one, that's a bigger problem in medicine just in general overall um, because I think you miss a lot of the nuances between the client or the patient doctor patient nurse relationship when you're have a computer in between you and your patient so I guess the the things that I would be thinking about are are there any ways that I can learn the computer system so I can use it almost automatically and not have to have it be so much of a barrier. Because if you're still trying to learn this computer system and you're trying to be with your patients, I think that creates a bigger barrier. I think, you know, have you mastered the computer system by itself without any patients? So I think that would be the first thing to 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 find out is, you know, can you do that? Is that something that you have the ability to do, whether it's through practicing on it, just getting more familiar with it? The other question I would have is, are there any workarounds? Are you able to chart on paper and pen and then go back in later and um, fill in what you need to on the computer? Or is this a requirement? The, you uh, know, I would also, if you're thinking about, leaving this job, one of the things that I would do is talk to your supervisor or your HR department about the challenge that you've had. I know that paperwork is a hard part of the job. It is for me. I hate paperwork. I said on my last episode that I have an allergy to paperwork. I break out in piles and procrastination. And it's no joke. I'm looking at my desk right now and I have a pile on my desk. What I, what I would do is take a piece of paper and on the top of the piece of paper write pro of staying where I'm at and then on the other side of the paper write con of staying where I'm at. On the other side of the paper or on another piece of paper do the same thing but write pro of leaving and finding another job and then split that paper in the middle and write con of leaving to find another job. So this is never an easy thing to, to have to deal with. Changes can be hard, especially when the administrative part, you know, is part of the job, but it's not the part of the job that you love. And, you know, I think you had said something about how you were fired for documentation reasons and not for job performance. The The hard thing is, though, that, you know, the documentation is part of the job performance it's just, you know, when we are passionate with what we do, it's it's hard to bring ourselves to to kind of accept or understand that, that notion that the paperwork is part of the job performance. It might not be the fun part. It might not be the part that adds value to other people's lives. But, you know, especially if you work in a larger system, you know, as part of how that works, how documentation occurs and how payment gets made and all those kind of administrative pieces that are boring. You know, I I have had many jobs where I've had to keep on the paperwork and I was always behind on paperwork. So let us know what you end up doing and if you're able to talk with your HR department or your boss or whatever you end up doing with this challenge that you're having, keep us posted. I know I would want to know and I think that the rest of the listeners Would like to know as well. So I wish you the best of luck and um, thanks for the email. Okay, ADHD Rewired, it is time for my tech tip of the week. This week's tech tip and tech tool is an app which has a web based interface that I discovered this week that may have possibly solved all of my email and task project management woes. You know, keeping track of loose ends has always been something that has been really challenging for me. Did I send someone an email and I'm now waiting for a response uh, from them? Or is there a multiple component project that I'm trying to keep track of? The program and the app that I'm talking about, which has a awesome web ba- web-based interface, is called IQtel. It definitely has a learning curve involved in it. This is not a simple-to-do app uh, or program. This is, but this has, it utilizes something called macros. And macros allow you to, to preset a sequential action, and it will perform that action through one button. So it's called IQtel. I am still learning it. I've been watching the videos that come with it. But I really like the interface. I'm still kind of figuring it out. But it's one of those things that when I came across it, I had this really kind of excited feeling that this was the program that I have been looking for for so long. It really just integrates so many things together. And as I get really proficient at it, I think as long as I stick with it, I'm going to talk to you guys a lot more about it because I think this just has so much power to it because I hate when, you know, I get an email from a client regarding a scheduling thing and they email me telling, telling me that either um, they had to cancel and I'm sitting and waiting, but I didn't have a good system to, to flag myself regarding that email or to flag myself to get notification about that particular response. So I'm really stoked about this. It has where you can automatically um, move a email to be a part of a project. You can move things to Evernote. You can have reminders from your email that uh, either emailed to you or text uh, get a text message to you. I just think it's awesome. So that's IQtel. You can search for it. I think it's on all platforms. The computer-based system is awesome. So I'm loving it. So that's IQtel. Check it out. That's IQ, like, you know, intelligence quotients, IQ, and then T-E-L-L. And I'll have a link to this on my show notes at ADHD Rewired. Okay, I am announcing the first ADHD Rewired Listener Contest. Now, I'm about to tell you a bunch of rules, but don't freak out because you can find the rules on ADHDrewired.com. I'm going to be giving away your choice of either an ADHD t-shirt, you know, the one that has the ACDC logo, but it says ADHD, Tell me your size, and you'll have one coming to you if you win. The other thing I'm giving away is is one of my favorite ADHD tools, the Time Timer. I'm giving away a desk-sized Time Timer, so you get to pick your prize. Here's what you have to do. Leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or both. Then send me an email to my website, ADHDrewired.com, with the subject line contest. Copy and paste your review with your iTunes name in the message box. You want to stack the odds in your favor? I will also give you another entry in the contest if you show me social sharing. Share a link on your Facebook page. Share it with your friends or like my Facebook page. That's ADHD Rewired and post a comment there. I may give partial credit. I may give extra credit for extra awesomeness. The contest ends April 30th. Contest rules, subject to change, or any other thing that might distract me. But seriously, enter the contest. Your chances of winning are probably pretty good. Well, podcast listeners, you have just listened to the eighth episode of ADHD Rewired. I'd love to hear from you. Do you have a question or comment that you want to be featured on the show? You can contact me through my website, ADHDrewired.com. Click on the microphone icon that says Ask Eric to record your voice or email me through the website. Let the world know what you think. If you found me on iTunes or Stitcher, please head back to where you found me and leave a review. And don't forget, send me your review so you could enter the contest. Those reviews are helping people find this show. So a big thank you to everybody who left me a review since the last show and to everyone who is going to leave me a review this week. Don't forget to go to ADHDrewired.com for links, tips, and more. You can sign up for my email newsletter, and I promise you, I will send it to you much less frequently than I intend. Sign up at my website or text tivers to 22828 that's t-i-v-e-r-s to the number 22828 and you could sign up for the ada conference at ada.adhdrewired.com that's ada a-d-d-a this is eric tivers leaving you with a quote from dr seuss And will you succeed? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. Until next time. Dopamine.
1: I want to go look at my to do list, check my calendar, make a five year plan, go back to college, write a book. We could save the world.